what is spiritual or religious abuse and what does it have to do with narcissists? Do narcissists use religion against us and how do they do that if they do? I'm going to share with you exactly how living with a narcissist, being in a relationship with a narcissist is very much like being a member of a cult. Bear with me. I'm going to explain it all in this video. So let's get started. Closed captioning provided by Athena Moberg and CPTSDfoundation.org. My name is Angie Atkinson and on this channel I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand, and overcome narcissistic abuse and toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. So if that sounds good to you, hit that subscribe button and we'll just get going. Today we're going to talk about religious abuse, not just by narcissists, but in general. It is a widespread issue that a lot of people are dealing with. I'm not going to talk about any specific religion. I'm going to stay focused on the practice of spiritual and religious abuse by toxic people. So to put it really simply, spiritual abuse or religious abuse, in this video we're going to talk specifically about how it's used in personal relationships to control you and abuse you. The definition of spiritual abuse in the case of a narcissist begins with someone using their religious beliefs to manipulate you, control you, and dominate you through fear. It is a systematic, methodical form of abuse that literally will sort of take the life right out of you, take the light out of your eyes as I like to say. It is a subtle form or sometimes not very subtle form of emotional manipulation that becomes emotional abuse in a relationship. A lot of people have never even heard of spiritual abuse and they sure wouldn't know where to begin if you told them they were experiencing it. So exactly what is that and how does it become emotional abuse? The first thing you have to know about spiritual abuse is, and religious abuse, is that it is based on controlling you. It's based on having power over you as opposed to treating you with love and respect as most religious texts would ask you to be treated. This is the definition of a cult. Take a look. A cult is defined as a social group defined by its religious, spiritual, or philosophical beliefs, or its common interest in a particular personality, object, or goal. And when you first meet the members and learn about the cult, well, chances are that you aren't really aware of what you're getting yourself into. The members and the leaders show you their very best, and they draw you in with a process that's very similar to love bombing. While they seem to be generous and loving, often using your own childhood wounds as sort of a way into your heart, they're nearly always based on the cult leader's desire for personal gain in one way or another. The tactics that narcissists tend to use to manipulate us, control us, and take over our lives are very similar to those used by cult leaders. Now, I'm not going to focus on any one religion here because this does happen across the board. Religion, not important. You could be a Christian, a Buddhist, Hindu, Jewish, Muslim, Confucianism, Taoism, Mormon, Rastafarian, New Aegean, and then it even works with non-religions like atheists and agnostics. Even Satanists can use religious control, religious abuse and manipulation against you. It's not about what religion you are. It's about the person that you're with or the parent that you're involved with and talking about who is the issue here. This goes across the board. It, it could be anybody of any religion. It's about using religion and spirituality to control you. In general, what happens is that one person in the relationship attempts to manipulate someone, control them, or dominate them using the teachings of their particular brand of spirituality. A lot of times they do this under the guise of being, I'm so spiritual, I'm so religious, I really believe in what I'm talking about. Guilt and shame are also favorite weapons of a spiritual abuser. In a marriage, this will happen when either the husband or the wife sort of rules their spouse with religious values or beliefs. 
Of course, this can also just be another way they can emotionally abuse you by making you feel like you're going to go to hell or whatever if you don't do what they say is the right thing to do. Now, often they twist the texts and the different religious beliefs to fit their needs in this moment. And you will see that if you are in a church or another religious organization that does have a narcissistic leader, they often are doing the same thing, twisting the texts. So I'm going to share with you what Dana Morningstar from Thrive After Abuse said about how narcissists are similar to cult leaders. Take a look. I would say it's a lot like being in a cult. Yeah. And that you don't, I mean, nobody, nobody's in a cult. Nobody in a cult thinks that they're in a cult. Right. Just like nobody that's in an abusive relationship thinks that they're in an abusive relationship. And that to me is one of the, the most important messages in all of this is so many people out there think, oh, well, all relationships take two people and that their partner's behavior is somehow in response to their behavior. And that's not the case when you're dealing with a pathological personality. So I just try to explain to people, you know, it's the level of manipulation is just off the charts and you don't realize it when you're in it. And it's so slow and so steady and such a kind of a persistent, um, I mean, all the gaslighting that, that goes on. And uh, it's just, it's an erosion of another person's sanity. And you oftentimes don't realize the damage that's done until until after you're out of it. And sometimes even years after you're out of it, especially if somebody else doesn't acknowledge that this is what you went through. So when Dana said this to me, I thought, what a great comparison. In fact, cult leaders are known to act like they're more important than they really are. They're very charismatic. They draw you in. They suck you in. Most people who are involved with the cult see them as some sort of savior or some sort of really good person. And you see that a lot with narcissists, with people who don't know them very well, right? As a member of a cult, your rights are absolutely not as important or even relevant when it comes to the cult leader's rights. The cult leader always is the most important person in a cult. And as a member of a cult, you are taught very quickly that your wants, your needs, your desires, they need to put, be pushed aside for the, the, the well-being of the whole group, just like narcissists. Cult leaders tend to see people who are outsiders as enemies. And members are required to devote all of their time, their energy, their money, etc. to the cult leader and the good of the group. They are considered, you know, the cause or, or the leader of the group, whatever the cause is. They tend to become the center of the cult member's life. They end up losing friends and family members and being isolated from the rest of the world. Sound familiar? Their feelings are definitely devalued. They are personally minimized, manipulated, and their identities are stripped from them as quickly as possible so that all they can do is be part of this group of people. The cult leader is all about shaming the members. The cult leader coerces the members, uses fear to control them. Members are taught to push away their natural feelings that make them want to run away from this mess. And they're taught that if they want to be part of this all-important, this special group, they must comply. Members tend to lose touch with who they are as a person. Like I said, their identities are stripped. Members tend to learn very quickly that they're not allowed to question the cult leader, that if they have anything that is against what the cult leader believes to be true, real, or acceptable, that's not acceptable. They're not allowed to express that. And if they do, they are kind of punished. The cult leader tends to express to the members that no matter what he or she does, that it's acceptable because they are somehow divine or more important than everyone else. Being a close, tight-knit 
group is important to a cult. Being a member of the cult is considered positive. It's considered shameful or, or sinful if you don't do what the cult says to do and what the cult leader says to do. Anything goes when it comes to a cult leader. They will make up rules to justify their desires or their urges that they take out on the members. If you choose to try to distance yourself from the cult, you are punished, like I said, sometimes in terrible ways, like if you have children, they might keep your children. The cult leader considers him or herself perfect, and the members of the cult will never quite get to where they need to be. They go through crazy, made-up levels of goodness until they supposedly reach the level of the leader, which they never quite do. The cult leader gets rich and popular and famous at or at least famous within their little group at the expense of the members. There's a lot of confusion created. The communication is unclear, the rules are kind of muddy, and anytime you try to get clarification, you're pushed right down. So you live in this constant state of confusion and not really knowing which way is up. Very similar to gaslighting. Cult members are encouraged to be exactly as the leader wants them to be, so they change their style of dress, their hairstyles, things like that. And doing what the leader says is good and right and correct well, that's shown to the cult members as sort of, here's your path to rightness. Here's your path to finding true peace and happiness in your life. So one of the signs of emotional abuse in religion or spirituality then is the very first one we're going to talk about, complete power. Someone who is unquestioned in their power. This could be your spouse, your parent, church leader, someone who's abusing you directly and who is claiming ultimate power, almost like they are the higher power in your relationship. One of the biggest signs of a religious abuser is the dichotomous thinking, where it's either you're with us or you're against us. So they can't, there's no room in their minds for people who are different, have different beliefs, different ways of seeing things. Another sign is that the narcissist or the abuser will literally belittle and make fun of people who have different ideas and beliefs than you. For example, if they are religion A and they meet someone who is religion B, they will make fun of that person, belittle that person, minimize that person or group of people and tear them down. This happens a lot in cults. The reason that they do this is because it helps them to teach you indirectly that if you don't follow the beliefs and the ways of thinking that you're supposed to, you will also be belittled and made fun of. They also become very elitist in their thinking. The narcissist will refuse to be involved with or associate with anyone who isn't inside of their particular brand of spirituality. They'll consider them not good enough, unholy, impure. They will isolate you and themselves from those people in order to prove that they are in fact better than those people. They require you to completely accept things the way they say they are. Their point of view is the only point of view. That means that there is absolutely no room for discussion, no room for questioning authority, no room for differing views, no free will. If you refuse to follow the rules or you break the rules, you will be labeled with horrible names like sinner, demon, rebel, disobedient, disrespectful, ungodly. And they're very secretive about not only their religion, and beliefs but about weird stuff like maybe they join a group at church that you're not allowed to know anything about stuff like that while men are often as spiritually abused as women there's one particular issue that sometimes causes women to get a little more of this kind of abuse directly that is that a lot of religions require you to submit to your husband if you are a good Christian Muslim whatever whatever if you are to be a good fill-in-the-blank and that's why I think a lot of men who are narcissists will 
will use religious beliefs to keep their spouse in line, so to speak. Now, there's another aspect of this, and that is that one spouse will suddenly get religion. You know, I'm changed, I'm transformed, I have religion now, everything's going to be okay. And then slowly over time, methodically, they begin to use that religion to control their spouse. So these people, especially in the case of the husbands who are controlling the wives, they sort of twist and turn the interpretations of their religious texts in order to force their wives to to submit to them, to be controlled by them. The same thing happens when a minister becomes toxic and does this to his flock or her flock. It causes the people who are involved with this person or the wife or the husband of the person doing the abuse to become completely dependent upon that person for their spiritual knowledge and well-being and more. And this of course, allows them to have more control over you and you have less control over yourself. Just like with any other form of emotional abuse, the spiritual abuser makes their victim feel like they don't have any control over themselves, they can't handle anything, and they must rely on the abuser to make sure they're doing things in the right way so that they can stay in compliance with their particular religion. They almost feel the need to get the approval from the abuser in order to feel like maybe they're still going to, you know, go to heaven or whatever it is that they're focused on doing and by being good in this lifetime. They literally almost become subjects of the narcissist who is doing the abuse in this situation. Sort of like they're enslaved by that person. Obviously, the spouses themselves or the parents or the other spiritual abusers will have, like any narcissist, a need to be in control of you, a need to know where you are at all times and what you're doing. They will isolate you from outside people, people outside your church, people outside the home in some cases. They say that they want, you know, their respect and privacy, but they don't give it to you. You are not allowed to have respect and privacy. They will make you feel horrible for normal, healthy things. I remember in high school, there was a person that I knew who was caught masturbating by a parent. That person was told they were gonna go blind and go to hell for masturbation. It's a normal healthy thing that people do. And in that example, that person's mother who did the spiritual abuse in that case was blatantly teaching her teenage son that he didn't have a right to privacy or personal boundaries or respect. It was a very negative situation and I certainly hope that that person has healed from this stuff today because otherwise I feel sorry for his wife. So how can you tell if you're in a relationship with someone who is spiritually or religiously abusing you? That's what we're talking about next. Are you an equal in your relationship? If you're not and you know for sure that your spouse is the boss of the relationship or the leader in the relationship, there's a chance that you might be getting spiritually abused. Do you ever feel like your spouse is using or your parent is using guilt over you? religious guilt that you're not following the rules or some sort of shame that's meant to make you feel like you don't deserve whatever goodness is in your life. If you were someone who became pregnant before you got married, like me in my second marriage, or someone who has been living with their person but not married and you're maybe a, a parent has been ripping you apart for that, you could be getting spiritually abused. If your spouse or parent tells you that or makes you feel like, implies that, questioning their judgment or questioning anything that they've said or done is like questioning God or whatever higher power you're focused on, you could be getting spiritually abused. If your spouse or parent or other religious abuser or narcissistic abuser twists the text, the text that you read in your religion, your Bible or your Quran or whatever you're reading, if they twist the text in order to fit 
whatever situation you're in and make you feel bad or guilty or not good enough, you might be getting religiously abused. If you ask your spouse a question about your religion and they don't give you a straight answer, are you pushed down? Do they give you an answer that's made up? Do they ever ask you to look up the answer? Do they ever ask you to go to your religious leader and find out the answer? This is another thing that happens. They don't want you to go look up the answer. They want you to listen to them. If they are an abuser, they will encourage you to only study what they expect you to study, what they told you to study, and they'll encourage you to focus on again what they said and they will twist the text to fit whatever their particular motive is at that moment if they use guilt fear intimidation to control you you might be getting religiously or spiritually abused if their leadership in your family is all about controlling you and treating you like you don't belong or you don't matter or you're not good enough and it's based on something that they've learned at church or at synagogue or wherever they're at you might be getting religiously abused if you are being religiously abused, you probably have a lot of fear in your daily life. Here's something important to know. No healthy church or synagogue or religious group is going to ask you to live in shame all the time. A healthy religion, a healthy church, a healthy spiritual group is always going to focus on elevating you and making you a better person, making you feel better about your life, explaining things that happen in life. They should work toward freeing you from guilt and shame not living with guilt and shame, not making you feel guilty and shameful for being who you are. Healthy religion, it doesn't give you those things. It doesn't focus on guilt and shame. You deal with it through your religious practice. In many cases are forgiven for your, your sins or your bad behaviors by the higher power based on whatever practice you do. This video is not about religion. This video is about religious abuse, you see? I want you to remember that no matter what anybody tells you, you have the right to think, feel, believe, do, be, have, whatever you want. You are an autonomous person. You do not require or accept from now on control from another person. There's nothing magical about a cult leader and there's nothing magical about your narcissist. The narcissist is all about the illusion of good. Narcissist wants people to believe he or she is a good person. And often, narcissists are attracted to religion because they can have definable qualities that some text, scripture, Bible, book says this is what makes you a good person. So if they can quote scripture or they can quote the Quran or they can quote whatever book they're into, this in their mind makes them a good person. If they're good and they know what God says or what Allah says or what whoever says, then that is a way for them to, in their minds, be good enough. They can also use that as a way to make you not good enough. And they love that. The narcissist will do this to you in order to feel like they are somehow righteous and better than you. It's very simple and they use religion because it's so easy to manipulate people with the idea of a god or a higher power who will come down on them for their bad behaviors or maybe they'll come back you know you'll have to come back to in the next life as a cockroach or you'll spend your your whole afterlife in eternal damnation if you don't do what they say and they they're so good at emotionally containing you, isolating you, making you really doubt everything. You don't have to be controlled anymore. You can choose to protect yourself. You can choose to take action, to be proactive rather than reactive to this narcissist. You can choose to change your life right now if you want to. As an adult in a relationship, you have the right to decide how it goes or to at least have it go within your deal breakers. Have you made the deal breakers yet? You have the right to make your own decisions, to set your own goals, to do the things that make your heart 
feel happy, that make your soul feel alive. Your true path, in my opinion, to finding happiness in your life is to find what makes you happy and follow that thing. Whether that is to become some artist or a creator or a, a baker, it doesn't matter. Whatever makes you feel like you are your very best self, the best possible version of who you can be, that's who you should be working toward becoming, not whatever your cult leader or narcissist says you should be. And I want to remind you one more time, no one else can tell you who you are. No one else can define you. No one else can tell you how to think, how to feel, what to be, what to do, what to have. It's all up to you. Now this brings me to the question of the day. The question of the day. And the question of the day is, have you experienced religious or spiritual abuse? And if you have, what was that like for you? And how did you deal with it? Do you think that cult leaders and narcissists are similar or the same? Can you see why this comparison works? And can you see how you could maybe explain it a little better to outsiders if you need to? Share your thoughts, your experiences, and your ideas in the comment section below, and let's talk about it. Maybe you can help another survivor handle their own situation. That's all I've got for you right now, but hey, please allow me to take a moment to share a quick shout out with my amazing channel members, the people who support me and this channel every single day. Thank you so much for what you're doing. It means a lot to me. It helps me do more of what I can do to help our fellow survivors, and that's a big deal to me. Thank you. My amazing channel members include Angela, Susan, Roxanne, Debbie, Lorenzo, Life's Revival, Trisha, James, Marlene, Jen, Sarah Lee, Patricia, Delilah, Darla, Boku, Paul, Janet, Pierre Lala, Laura, Charlie, and Linda. Thank you so much. Again, I just want to say thank you so much for hitting that join button. Your support really does mean a lot to me. Thank you again. It means the world to me. All right, that's all I've got for you right now. But as always, thank you so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life. And hey, thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean a lot to me. Now, before I go, make sure you take a look at the videos I'm leaving for you right there and right there. And while you're here, hit that subscribe button right down there so we can stay connected and continue on this healing journey together. I'll see you soon.